Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. Thanks for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Burke Allen here live from our studios in Washington, D.C. And our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast is Lisa Reed, who's going to talk about speaking and the speaking industry and how that has changed completely. And our uh, our broadcast is brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest virtual online speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner or a speaker, you know that things have changed dramatically uh, in light of the pandemic and with these stay-at-home orders, people are not able to get out there and speak in person like they used to. So we're going to talk to Lisa about how to go about that in this new virtual world order. So let's welcome Lisa Reed to the Big Time Talker podcast. Hello, Lisa. How are you today? Hi, Burke. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an exciting time to innovate and pivot as a speaker, for sure. And that's what everybody is doing in, in all sorts of industries around the country. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into the speaking business? Uh, well, I started back when I was in junior high. <laughs> I, gave, I gave a speech to my entire junior uh, – yeah, I, I gave a speech to my entire junior high class on seatbelt safety and had a really good time, surprisingly, considering the topic. Uh, although I do wear my seatbelt and I and I highly recommend it, uh, but just just really enjoyed it. And then studied speech in college. I got my bachelor's and master's degree in speech communication. I will say at that time I didn't think, oh, I'll be a public speaker for a profession. Like I didn't, it didn't occur to me. I just you know wasn't wasn't an option in my mind that that was possible. So it wasn't until I was about forty that I actually became a professional public speaker. So somewhere between 13 and 40, I finally got, I finally figured it out. Well, as long as we have established here publicly, you can go on the record and say you are in favor of wearing your seatbelt. I think we're off to a good start here. <laughs> Absolutely. They save lives. Yeah, and so Perfect. I started speaking, yeah, for a personal development company and started I think I booked in my first year, I booked 83 speaking engagements on my own and thought, hmm, this is really fun. And that led me to help other speakers learn how to do that. Because what I have found is that speakers want to speak more. I have not met a speaker yet who doesn't want more speaking engagements. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And by the way, if you're just joining us, Lisa Reed is our guest today. She uh, helps speakers get gigs and and we think that uh, this will be a good time to talk to her about that industry and how it's changed along with other industries on the Big Time Talker podcast. Uh, if you have a question for Lisa, our number 516-418-5635, 516-418-5635, or send your questions and comments to us in the Big Time Talker chat room. Um, there's a, an old thing, Lisa, that the number one fear of most people have is public speaking, but it's interesting to hear you say that there's a whole lot of people out there that would like to be speaking a whole lot more than they are. So, so talk to me about that. How is it that, that so many people hate it where others are sort of drawn to it like a moth to a flame? 
You know, I'm not, I don't typically work with people who hate it. Usually they, sometimes they come to me and they maybe used to hate it, but now love it. And I think there's definitely, uh, I, like I can attract speakers, like I can see or sense that someone's a speaker often without them even telling me. And there's something, a commonality that I've noticed speakers have is that they, they're, they'll share with me, you know, I was in the audience and I saw the speaker and I thought I could do that. I, I have things to share. And sometimes they'll tell me about how they get woken up in the middle of the night by a talk, like starting to come to them, which happens to me as well, where it's like, oh, like these ideas start flowing and, and there's this urge or this enthusiasm, like I must share this. And the people that I'm attracted to and that are attracted to work with me are usually heart-centered. They want to make an impact. So it's not just about making money. Money is good, too. We talk about how to monetize your talk. But really, like, how can I make a bigger impact with the knowledge that I have? And when you start to scale and go from one-to-one to one-to-many, that's when you can make a bigger impact. And so it doesn't mean that as a speaker you won't have degrees of nervousness. Certainly those are applicable to different people in different situations. But it's not a terror you know, I'm not, I'm not out there trying to convince people who are terrified to speak to go be a speaker. It's more of like those people who are really excited about it. Let's, let's get you, let's um, teach you how to get booked, stay booked, get your talk ready to rock, attract your clients through speaking. Those are the people that I work with. Makes sense. And by the way, if you're a speaker and you'd like to get more speaking opportunities, visit Lisa online at getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's get speakinggigsnow.com. And I think we can all look back at, at times in our lives when uh, we've watched a presentation, we've seen a speaker, and it, it changed us, you know, forever. And, and we took something away from that. And I'm reminded uh, just now, I saw in the paper this morning, that former President Obama is going to do uh, a keynote address to all the 2020 graduates that are out there don't have a formal commencement. And it's going to be simulcast on all the television networks and a bunch of digital uh, speaking platforms, and, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the, the podcast today to talk about just how the, the public speaking industry has been impacted and how you can pivot into something new because now you, you don't have the opportunity, at least today, to hop on an airplane and go to another city and, and speak. So how are people in your industry coping with this? What are they doing? Yeah, that's a great question, and I call it virtualizing. Um, how do you virtualize your speaking? Uh, and that's something, you know, that, that term was not something I thought of, you know, seven weeks ago. But sure. as a speaker, having, having physical speaking engagements on the books at the time of shelter in place, I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? So a couple of the tips that I recommend uh, is one is to be proactive. So if you are a speaker out there and you have something, a physical, uh, in live, in person, speaking engagement on the calendar, depending on where that is in the calendar, my recommendation is that you be proactive and you go to that meeting organizer and you say, hey, I'm ready to go virtual. I've got, you know, my, you know, even if you're not ready, you can get ready by the time it's ready. <laughs> you, sure. you can learn yeah. these skills. It's not, not, not impossible. But you say, I can uh, deliver whether a webinar format or on Zoom or on any of the other, you know, virtual options. And you then take your presentation. You figure out how can you, how can you shift it. If, need, if it needs to be shifted, how do you shift it to a webinar audience or a virtual audience? And um, I had some right away, so I and I even had 
uh, my first speaking engagement after the shelter in place happened, a lot of the people weren't even used to Zoom yet. I, I hosted the meeting. Like, I, I was like, you know what? I have a Zoom account. No problem. So being flexible, being spring your your Zoom account if you want to. I mean, I, that's, a, that's a totally personal choice. <laughs> but by now, yep, everyone yep. should be up to speed. So, so that was the thing that saved. I had five speaking engagements that were supposed to be live, and, and then I switched them to virtual. So it's just by being proactive because they would have canceled the event. Had I not so get in front of it, you get in front of it before they have the opportunity to cancel you. You go back to them and say, "Hey, I can do this virtually." Do you adjust the terms of the engagement since you're not there in person and you can't? uh, If you're you're off, you can't sign your books in the back of the room. You can't visit with people. Uh, Is is that something that you recommend that a a speaker work with a presenter on? Yes, of course. As as they uh, each situation is going to be different. I tend to have more, a lot of my speaking engagements are more um, an opportunity for me to attract clients. So I'm not traveling with tons of books or having bookshelves in the back of the room or things like that. I love to speak locally. So it kind of worked out really well for me. Um, if you have negotiated contracts and uh, flights and hotels and uh, <laughs> all those things that you're talking about, that could be a different conversation. And what I think a lot of the places are doing is rescheduling it to a different date. I've seen a lot of good things go from spring to fall. So rather than lose the contract, I, I would, again, be proactive and say, hey, you know, um, I'm flexible. I could go virtual if needed. We can discuss the contract. Or I, you know, what dates are you looking at in the future? Let's make sure our calendars match. Because what if the what if they reschedule and you're already rescheduled for something? You're already scheduled for something. So you don't want to lose the gig either. So whatever you can do to save it, whether it's move the date or shift to virtual and do some renegotiating, again, each situation is going to be unique in that, in that scenario. Lisa Reed is our guest today. She's a speaking expert, and you can visit her online at getspeakinggigsnow.com. And I think most people have at some point needed to do a presentation, whether it's you know, a small thing for a half dozen folks at your company or in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people. And, and so we all kind of know that you've got to put some prep into doing that in person. And, and we all kind of understand what it's like to stand up in front of people to, to do a presentation. We may not understand necessarily how you do it. I think the term you, you coined was virtualize it. So give me some tips on how to virtualize your presentation. Right. Well, first of all, you're going to want to make sure you're comfortable with whatever, whatever software you're going to be using. Uh, currently, Zoom seems to be the most popular one and the most easily accessible for, for the public. So that's been the one that I've noticed has, has been uh, more prevalent. And get used to the features. Practice with someone before you're on a live event. Like there's a wide array sport feature. Do you know how to use it? Do you want to use it? Um, there's, you know, how do you share your screen? Make sure you don't have anything embarrassing on your screen that you don't want people, the entire <laughs> audience to see. There's some things on there where you're like, oh, make sure, depending on your role in the event, um, some of the conversations I've had that are different uh, with, the, with the event planner is who's going to be running the chat box, who's going to be letting people in, so there's there's this other role of, of uh, who's going to kind of run the behind-the-scenes stuff. So as a speaker, you're not distracted with things like that or people muting. So some of the questions I would ask is like, D- 
does everyone know that, you know, they should be on mute or if they're on video and they're moving around, they should take themselves off video. So there's a couple little housekeeping things that uh, I noticed people are getting used to now. But in the beginning, I still there's several people out there who aren't quite used to the, the virtual process. So as a speaker, just like I would coach a speaker in person uh, for the live event, I would say, you know, you know your stage. It's your space. Make sure your space is taken care of and that the safety of the room is, is in your hands. So if someone's on there, you know, brushing their teeth or there's some weird noise in the background, as a speaker, if it's in the middle of your talk, do you have a plan to address that? How can you address that in a, in a graceful way that doesn't distract? Because that could be very distracting. So that would just be one, you know, one thing I would say to do that. No, no, I think that's really smart. And I also... I, I, having now, as millions of people have done, that wound up being on a ton of Zoom meetings and Zoom calls, I, I love your idea of having somebody else run the controls so you can concentrate on, on the content and, and what you have to say. And so if you've got, you know, an assistant in your office or you've got, uh, you know, a friend or, hey, if you've got a teenage kid who's particularly techie, uh, you know, put them in charge of, of doing that piece of it. Um, how do you deal with, with uh, Lisa, folks who are tech-phobic, uh, whether it be the speaker or the people on the other end? There was a, a great Saturday Night Live skit a couple of weeks ago where oh, those yeah, guys all had to do – did you see that? They all had to uh, jump yeah, on their first yeah. Zoom call. And, 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 you know, people are realistically doing all of those things. You know, I've, I've got one client that I work with who was doing a major, you know, Zoom television appearance and – he was looking at the ceiling and looking around. I was just praying he wasn't going to pick his nose on camera. Um, there was there was a, a famous actress who I, I will not name, but I work in the movie industry too. Who was on a Zoom recently? Uh, she went to the bathroom while she was on, on the yeah, Zoom call. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. We, yeah, yep. You saw the whole thing, Lisa? Yeah. Because I no, I didn't it. see it. I, I heard about. I heard about. Oh my gosh, no! But um, luckily, she's someone with a really good sense of humor. Uh, yeah, That's I would right. say so, get really so what do you, how do you deal your, with people who are tech phobic or they don't know what to do? How, how do you coach them through all that? Well, if they're my clients and, you know, we're, we're talking about that, like I'll say make sure you know where your camera is on your computer, your device, whatever it is. Know where your camera is and you've got to practice looking into that camera, not looking at your screen or your other monitor, maybe you're looking to the left or the right. So there, that's some, you know, video tips that maybe if someone hasn't been on video before, they were like, oh, I didn't realize how to do that. Yeah, you need to do that. Yep. I also um, coach them on how to make sure your background looks nice. Again, it's, this is kind of like, it's funny, I don't, I'm not a video uh, coach, but this is now we're getting into that, that realm of like, how you are now. On, it's basically video, yeah. And so yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a podcast and I'll, I'll coach my guests. I'm like, okay, take that, like uh, someone has a really distinct statue that was just beautiful but distracting. I'm like, you got to get that statue out of the way. We can't, <laughs> people are going to be like, what is that statue? <laughs> Move that sure, out. And they're going to not pay attention to what your, your speaker's saying because yeah, they're distracted yeah, yeah. by something behind them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll tell them. I think that's really smart. And then, yeah. And um, I also teach people, I've lately been teaching people about how to use their virtual backgrounds on Zoom the kind of the do's and don'ts of that. Uh, like I was on a, a class with, I don't know, there was like 300 entrepreneurs on there and nobody had a virtual background. Everyone's just sitting there, you know, kind of 
with their, you know, leaning their their head on their, you know, like they're taking a nap kind of a thing. And uh, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to advertise your business. You got 300 other people on the call, but you don't know who's they're on video for, you know, it's a whole day event. So you don't know who's on there. Maybe they could use your service. So what a great opportunity to have a virtual background with nothing, nothing outrageous, but your name, your website, or something, you know, so they know what you do. Do they want to connect with you can private message. So to me, those are opportunities just wasted. So I had my virtual background up with my website. Bad girls, way to go. Lisa Reed is our guest today. You can visit her online at GetSpeakingGigsNow.com. We're talking about how the public speaking industry and, and how speakers are adapted and adapting, if they are, in, in the era of COVID-19, because that, that whole industry has changed. And, and even if you don't speak full-time and, and you just have to go give a presentation, of course, that's not happening now in person. Hey, Lisa, how important is it still that you know, the content is king. It's really about does the speaker know what they're talking about and, and can they deliver the content? I would think that is probably still just as important as ever or maybe even more important since they're not there in person. You can't you quite give the same razzle-dazzle that maybe you could as a speaker, you know, when, when you're on a, uh, in a podium on a stage. Uh, so the content still, I would think, has to really be number one. It does, and yeah, I don't know if that'll ever really change. Here's the difference, though, and it's like the pros and cons of live versus virtual. When your content directly speaks to the to the whoever's problem you're solving, they're going to actually come to your webinar, or you're, they're going to come to this event that you're speaking at because they see the title and they're like, "Yeah, I really want to know about that. I, I'm really interested in that." Versus a live event, they might be there for the live event, and you happen to be the speaker, but they may not have necessarily gone just because of your topic. You know, depending on the situation. So, in mm-hmm. a in a virtual event, if you have a if you have a webinar or something like that, uh, people actually are you're already the audience you already know is pretty much interested in what you're saying. So you better give something really valuable. Like when I give my webinars, like how to attract clients through speaking. Well, if you're not a speaker, you're probably not going to go to that event. <laughs> if you're a speaker yes, who's like, yeah. yeah, I want more clients, then you're going to go to that event. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, giving that results-benefit results title, outcome title, and then delivering on that information so that people can get a little taste of what you do and get some great nuggets. And then if they decide they want to continue with you more, then they, they can. But for the live event, um, I might be speaking at an event. Maybe not all those people are speakers. So it's my job to you know, kind of indoctrinate and you know, allow for people to be like, oh, yeah, I might actually want to do that. But either way, the content still has to be valuable. You have to give something to the audience uh, 100%. You know, they're giving your time. You're giving your time. They want some kind of value, so I, I can't. I don't think it can just be fluff and and a sales pitch, you know. Agreed. And, and by the way, if you're interested in in speaking and maybe you'd like to do more of it, if you visit uh, Lisa's website online, she's got a really neat download that I ran across when I was checking her out earlier. Five top tips on how to get more speaking gigs, and that's free. And you can get that at uh, Lisa's mm-hmm. website, which is getspeakinggigsnow.com. Um, and I'm going to hit you up for a couple of those. But before I do, I wanted to see, because I think a lot of our listeners will be interested, if, if you've got any kind of guidance from uh, meeting planners out there, because this will uh, be applicable to all businesses, I think, on when they are looking to take things live again and when 
people will be gathering together in larger spaces again. Is there anything that you can crystal ball for us? When are you hearing things are going to open up? Oh, my up gosh. I wish I knew. If I knew, I, you know, everyone would want to know the answer to that. I have seen the trend that I have seen are people moving from spring events to fall events. Because spring and fall are very popular times to have conferences, conventions, and, you know, meetings, et cetera. And so I've seen a lot of things move to fall. So I would imagine that fall is going to be really busy. I, I hope, and I think everyone is hoping that we're back to being able to have some type of, I don't know if we we'll want to say large gathering, but I, I would assume that we're wanting to be able to do some of the things that we used to be able to do um, by fall. Um, and then I've also seen some are like, well, we're going to just reschedule it to the next year too. So it, it just depends. I think also it might vary state by state. So if I was the person who was traveling, I would start looking at maybe the states who have the low, I mean, again, this is strategy. It's like, well, look at the states who have the lowest cases. Look at the states who might be opening up quicker. Those are, those are tips that I would, that I would uh, do. Or block, make sure to block off your, your fall and say like, okay, in September and October, I'm going to plan to hit the ground running and, and be out there take my vacation now. So there's lots of different ways that you could, you could look at it, but I wish, I wish I had a crystal ball and could say like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know more than that. Well, I think a lot of us are waiting to find out, are we going to be able to go to college football this fall? Are we going to be able to go to a concert? Yeah. You know, can we go to the theme yep. park, um, you know, along with speaking? Hey, before we let you go, um, I don't want to put you on the spot for too much here, but you do have that great download at, at GetSpeakingGigsNow.com with the top tips to get more speaking gigs. If there are folks who are listening to the podcast today and they're interested in speaking and they feel like they've got something to say but they really don't know how to do it uh, on a regular basis, can you give us a couple of top tips on, on how to, to get more speaking opportunities? Sure. Well, my first tip is always uh, get your talk ready to rock. And that's one of the services that I actually offer people because if you don't have a talk ready, you are going to be very hard pressed to even get out there. Because one of the first things, if you say, you know, say you announce on Facebook, I'm a speaker, or you tell your friends or your family or your colleagues or whoever, and you say, I'm a speaker. And what is the very first question they're going to ask? Wow, what do you speak on? And if you don't have that answer in a confident way where it's in your bones, where you're like, I can, you know, put my stake in the ground and say this, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And when I hear people say, oh, I can speak on anything, what that tells me is that they don't have a talk. They don't, they haven't really laid down the tracks. So for me, yep. it's about like deciding this is what I do. This is what I'm standing behind even though it might be scary, even though maybe this talk isn't going to be the talk you do forever, you have to start somewhere. You have to just say, this is what I'm going to start with. Here's where I'm going to go. This is what I'm passionate about. And, you know, I help people with like, okay, well, does this make sense? Not just like, is this talk really interesting, but like, does it guide people in in a really beautiful way that you're in alignment with? Does it guide people to that next call to action? so that they can, you know, get to know you a little bit better or find out if what you have is going to really help them. And, and that's really uh, hard when you're doing it yourself because I, I hear so many speakers, I don't know if you hear this too, where it's hard to see our own stuff. It's hard for me to see yeah. my own stuff. You know what I mean? So having that outside perspective of someone who's done it lots of times really is helpful. 
I think that makes an awful lot of sense in, in knowing sort of what you're going to hang your hat on. What What is the hook that people can identify you as, as you are that guy or you are that lady that knows more about that thing than anyone else? Makes a lot of sense. Um, so, Lisa, when is your next in-person speaking gig? Do you have something on the books or are you oh my all virtual all the time now? <laughs> my next in-person, I don't know. I'm, it's probably going to be in August. Because I, I was supposed to have several in-person already. Like yesterday, I, I gave it in what would have been an in-person uh, virtually uh, down in, I'm in California, so it would have been in San Diego. But, you know, the positive is it saved me four hours of driving, and it also allowed people from all over the country to attend. So it's pretty cool. So I'm virtual right now. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and I did have one, one thing that I wanted to pass along from a friends and speaker match. They tell me as they talk to meeting planners and speakers all over the country, all over the world, that um, now that everyone has moved on to the virtual space, where, as you said, seven, eight weeks ago, very few people were there, um, the speakers that are, are landing more opportunities now are the ones that are going one step above what everybody's doing on Zoom. So if, if you're doing a head and shoulders talk, which is basically just you know somebody seeing your head and shoulders on a on a Zoom yeah. conference. Then if you really want to separate yourself apart, you've got to you know make a, a better audio presentation, a better video. Maybe you compose a, a little speaking reel that has two cameras, or you make sure the lighting is better. Do something to to separate yourself out from the quality that everybody else is doing out there. Do you think that makes sense? I think that does. I think it's still about relationships. I have, uh, I probably come from a little bit of a different, different uh, mindset with it because most of my speaking engagements have been because of relationships and referrals versus looking snazzy or looking amazing or, you know, being flashy. And I don't mean that having a speaker reel is, is always those things, but I think sometimes speakers can get, um, worried that, you know, I don't look good enough or my stuff isn't, you know, my video's not perfect yet, so I don't want to put myself out there. Or I, I had someone tell me they couldn't be a speaker yet because they didn't have a speaker reel. I thought, well, how in the heck are you going <laughs> to how are, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? So I think sometimes, certainly for the more advanced speakers, I would say, yeah, go for it. I usually work with people who are starting out, and they're kind of like, how do I get into this? thing and so I say don't get too dazzled by the flashy lights like let's just you got to get your, your content in and start somewhere and and yep. uh, so so yeah that's <laughs> depends where you are you know I agree with you I think that you can uh, you know be affected by analysis paralysis you got to put one yeah. foot forward and, and figuring out what you know that you can talk about with authority is the first step I think that's excellent advice I have very much enjoyed talking with you today. You uh, are, are, despite what you just said, from everything I've seen online, you're a lovely young lady, and I would love to come see you do a presentation sometime. So the next time you're in D.C., oh. will you let me know, and I will be there. I will. Yeah, that's Perfect. great. If you ever come All out right. to California, you got to come see me too. You got it. Lisa Reed, our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. Visit Lisa online, won't you, and pick up the five top tips on how to get more speaking gigs. It's absolutely free. Here's the website. Jot it down. GetSpeakingGigsNow.com. That's GetSpeakingGigsNow.com. Lisa Reed, our guest, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Big Time Talker podcast today. 
Thank you, everybody. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you do, be safe, stay healthy. We want you around to listen to more of these shows. And remember, now you can tell Alexa, hey, I want to listen to the Big Time Talker podcast with Burke Allen, and there I'll be. You can also subscribe anytime on your Apple iTunes uh, or your Stitcher or wherever you find podcasts. And remember, the Big Time Talker podcast is made possible by the generous help of our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest virtual online speakers bureau. From my home kitchen table in Washington, D.C., this is Burke Allen, quarantining with the rest of you. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye, everybody.